When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, VNet Talks Press. Hello, Bridget McGowan here, and welcome to Own the Microphone. Today, I have with me Chanello Inwanwu. Chanello, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Bridget. Now, you have a really interesting professional background, and mm-hmm. it led me to giving you the third degree, asking you all kinds of questions about, okay, how does professional speaking fit into this? So you have this extensive pharmacy background, and I'll share it with our listeners in a little bit, but I want you to tell us, how did you go from being a pharmacist for more than a decade and and getting all of your degrees, which I'll share in a bit, to being a professional speaker as well. And so um, thank you for having me on the show. And um, as, as she mentioned, I am a pharmacist by profession. Prior to my pharmacy career, I've, uh, I've been a pub- public health profession professional. I got my MPH from Case Weston and as uh, part of my journey in public health, I did tons of conferences and, you know, you're doing research, you're presenting your, your findings and your results to the community. So they know your data, they know what your methodology is, you know, what your outcomes are and how we can pretty much take from the studies that have been done to make healthcare practice better or community health better. That's how I kind of got into public speaking. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed public health. I did tons of conferences, presentations as a student. That was actually how I got introduced to DC. And I thought, hmm, I like being in DC. And then after, after my um, you know, immersion into public health, I decided to pursue pharmacy, went to pharmacy school, and still continued doing conferences and speaking and um, came to DC. I joined American Diabetes Association as a volunteer and they needed um, ambassadors at the time. This was pre-COVID. And so I would volunteer for them. They needed people to speak at like maybe a Rotary's Club dinner. And, um, you know, they got invited and they, maybe Rotary needs like a speaker from ADA to show right. up, extend the invitation to me. I'll come right. to them. Mm-hmm. There right. might be senders that need like a speaker for their community event. I will volunteer and I'll go, we'll do presentations on falls, diabetes, anything at all they needed. I was reading my rem- uh, my capacity. I volunteered to, you know, to speak on that topic. You were talking about how you got started with speaking in conferences and that's 
pretty much my story as well. I tell people I've been a professional speaker since 2001, and it all started with speaking at conferences. And I was going to present my research findings from when I was working on a PhD at the time. And I found that it was very comfortable being up there. There, And I remember some of my first presentations where I thought, uh, yeah, definitely would not do that again. <laughs> and I definitely need to do something else differently and so on and so forth. But I got started at conferences not thinking, oh, I am going to become a professional speaker. Tell me, and I know for me, when it came to the conferences, what gave me confidence was I knew my subject matter inside and out. Like I said, I was working on a degree at the time and it was research that I had done with colleagues and I, I knew my part of the research. And so that's what gave me that confidence boost to just, just get up there. I had, let me tell you, Janello, I had my purple pants suit on and some gold <laughs> and some gold pumps. And, and the university I was attending was Prairie View a &M University in purple and gold are their colors. You couldn't tell me I wasn't fly up there. And I also had a little gold ink pen too, child. But I know a lot of my conference confidence at that conference came from knowing my content. Now, where do you feel like your confidence came from when it came to these conferences and then just your speaking engagements beyond the conferences? So I think... So, like you said, the first few times are like your learning moments. And then once you stand up there, like you said, knowing your data gives you that confidence. And then after a while, you start believing in yourself. And once you look at the audience as, you know, colleagues, friends, your peers, classmates, and not as a bunch of strangers that's staring at me, uh, it makes it easier for you to just be yourself. So once you relax, get into the topic, get into the mode or your groove, as they say, you, you're good to go. At least I'm good to go. And I just found like, it just got better and better. And um, the more you know that content, the easier it is for you to kind of not, to kind of make your own script, if you will, as you go, make it feel natural, trying to tailor it to the audience you have at that moment, because the way you would speak to a classroom full of students is different from like people on the same level as yourself with you know a few years of practice underneath their belt versus the common you know the public also knowing when to dumb down things and make it relatable and i think getting comments and feedback from people that said you know what what you said really resonated with me or i liked how you explained this topic to me uh, it just kept building that confidence every every day Janello Nwanwu is a pharmacist. She has been for more than 12 years. She earned her doctor of pharmacy from uh, Massachusetts College of Pharmacy in Worcester. She also has earned a master's in public health from Case Western Reserve University, as well as a bachelor of science in biology from John Carroll University. And most importantly, she is an international professional speaker. Now you were talking about how you, when you look at audience members as colleagues, and I think that is huge in building your confidence, looking at them as peers and as colleagues, it really can boost the confidence. Have you ever had a moment where the confidence 
I don't want to say it wasn't there, but maybe it was a little shaky or was waning, or maybe there was a hiccup or something in a presentation. What did you do and how did you course correct? What I course correct, I tell myself, I find like that internal self-talk comes in like, okay, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. Once it kicks in, and sometimes you can tell when you're stumbling yourself that you're like, okay, I, I, you know, I need to get it together. I need to slow down a little bit. And um, once I engage myself in that minute or two of mental self-talk, and it just kind of helps me kind of change course a little bit. And sometimes not to totally distract yourself, but look away from the audience try and gaze at something blank and just stare right above them and then just feel that connection right to you. And sometimes it comes with practice as well. Even when you're rehearsing for a particular presentation or speech, you'll notice those moments too when you're starting to stumble. And so I try, that's another thing I do, maybe have one or two bullet points that I have written and maybe that's all I have with me, that once I get into those moments, I have those bullet points like, okay, get back on track, get back on track. And then <laughs> it kind of keeps me, keeps me, keeps me going. No, those are really outstanding tips. You want to make sure that you don't get locked into looking at any one particular audience member for too long because, oh my goodness, they can suck all of the energy out of you. And I love the idea of the little bullet points. I keep little post-it notes and little pieces of paper all over the place, whether I'm conducting a podcast interview or if I'm delivering a presentation, someone may say something in the audience where... I, I, I want to make sure I'm able to reference it again later. And so I'll jot something down. Uh, and, and and anyway, with my own notes, I, and you just kind of create this tapestry. It's a lot of fun. Speaking of fun, animal pharmacy and fun don't necessarily go together, but I, I'm about to press, you know, push the envelope. Speaking <laughs> of fun, what is one of your most enjoyable presentations that you've delivered? Um, one of the most enjoyable ones I delivered, I had to say, was the Senior Center we did in D.C. It was one of my volunteer moments with the American Diabetes Association, and they had gotten a grant to do community outreach, including having presentations at uh, the community center. And so they sent our email asking for volunteers who wanted to do the presentation. They, had, they were going to have some stipend at the end for whoever volunteered. And it wasn't even about the stipend. But I was like, okay, that's a, you know, that's a good opportunity. So I, I emailed the coordinator. I said, yeah, I, I think I can do this. At the time, I used to have, I want to say like every Thursday's off or something like that. So she was willing to work with my schedule. And we coordinated with the program coordinator at the senior center. And so it was a series of three different presentations that I had to do for them. So one a week this week, and then two, the second one, two weeks later or something like that. And um, it was, a they were very appreciative of it. They enjoyed the topics that we brought to them. They had opportunities to ask questions. They enjoyed the fact that the presentation came to them 
they were an assisted type of living. Um, it was great. It was great. I, I love doing stuff like that. And I wish we had more opportunities to do. It helped me feel like I was giving back to the community as well as serving the community that I was that, you know, that I am in. And um, it was just a good use of my pharmacist, my public health profession degree, my public health degree merged together, you know, just to kind of talk to people, have them come up to you and ask questions and you give advice the best that you can. Um, it was great. It was great. Oh, yeah. And I can hear it in your voice, how that culmination of your experience and your education and then the giving back piece. I, you know, I, I've spoken with a lot of professional speakers over the years and and maybe they've said it, but just in a different way, that giving back element of professional speaking, how it is so fulfilling you know, would you talk a little bit more about that? How being a professional speaker really puts you in a position to, I want to find another word other than give back, but I mean, I think it's the perfect phrase, how it puts you in a position to, to, to really uplift others and pour into others. I, I can speak to it, especially from a community level, because that's where like my footing is and that's where I enjoy. I, I enjoy doing and I feel like I thrive the most. Not that I can't do it at a professional, you know, um, presentation conference type thing. That's good. But when you're there's something different about community level presentations and engagements, be it at the dinners that I've been invited to, or um if we have like a big symposium, they usually do it once a year in DC. Again, this was all pre-COVID. It, it's just, it's great. It's a great feeling. And I find myself thinking, you know what? I love doing this and I love staying in tune or staying engaged with my community. I wouldn't give up these opportunities for anything. And um, it's just a good feeling overall. You know how people get a certain type of high from whatever it is that they enjoy. I get my highs from doing um, community type presentations. <laughs> you know, and speaking That's of highs. I've always just been a community, like a community setting for so long because that's, you know, that's that's what I really relate to and I try the best. No, totally, totally get it. When you brought up, uh, you know, how speaking gives you a high, I think most speakers will yeah. say the same thing. There's nothing like being on that stage, having that microphone and creating those aha moments and seeing those light bulbs go off for people in the audience. And then the conversations afterwards where people are telling you how what you said really resonated with them or you solved a mystery for someone or you helped them figure out a challenge or it's just... It's mind blowing. And I think about one thing that I definitely don't do to make sure I stay on my high. And it is not looking at feedback until a long time after that yes. presentation. I don't get feedback or formal feedback from all of my presentations, but a lot of them, I do get formal feedback, which is really helpful. But so I stay on that high. 
I do yeah. not uh-huh. look at, because I want to get on the plane, Chanella. I want to get on the plane with my chest stuck out and my shoulders back, feeling like I did a fantastic job for as yeah. long as I can. Are there yeah. some things that you do or don't do to ensure you are bringing the energy or you're maintaining that high or whatever it is to give your audience the best experience possible? I think starting off, and I think I had one of my teachers and mentors say that, starting off with like, if you know what you, who your audience is ahead of time, you can pose some questions to get the moving, get people answering questions, get some momentum going in the room. Um, once that kicks in and that energy level is there, just stay with it and write it out. And um, the other thing else like you do, I don't look at feedback until much later because we're all humans and then you might get very um, affected by a particular type of comment. You're like, oh, but I didn't do that or I didn't say that or I didn't carry myself in this type of manner. But, um, and so you get kind of um, turned off a little bit. So it's good advice. Don't look at feedback. I mean, constructive <laughs> feedback, that's different. Someone's saying, hey, listen, you know, this happened repeatedly, but overall feedback surveys, you know, what's done, it's done. You'll listen to it later on and it'll help you get better uh, for the next one. But just stay on that high, especially if you have a series of presentations back to back, just Point. No, absolutely, absolutely. In a few minutes, you you will have the opportunity to ask me a question. Uh-huh. For now, I want to ask you if you were not a professional speaker or uh-huh. a pharmacist, what uh-huh. would you be? <laughs> what would I be? I know that's a tough one. It's like, I love, are you kidding me? I love what I do. <laughs> I I would be, I, I, you know, <laughs> I would be a, a, an assistant to another professional speaker. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, so outside of it, I think I find myself liking real estate, that real estate sphere. So I think I might just delve into it and see where it takes me. Um, not from like a realtor perspective, but like maybe decorating houses and fixing them up and like, you know. Just, just curious. I, you yeah, know, yeah. 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 I just I, 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 I find I, myself looking at looking at stuff like that like the before and after I'm like, hmm, I like, you know, seeing things transform. Well, you know, when you think about it, when it comes to staging and getting a home for the market, it's presentation. It's having all those little pieces together, the right fabrics, the right colors, the right textures, and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's 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 kind of presenting. Yeah, I saw you had to you tried to slide that one in on me, but I was picking up what you were putting down. I got you. (laughs) Okay, so Chanella, what is your question for me? My question for you is, what was your best moment for a presentation and how how have you seen yourself grow as a presenter from where you started to where you are at now? One of my best moments was when I went off script and started talking about something that had absolutely nothing to do with the presentation. 
there was a moment in the presentation where either someone said something or someone <laughs> did something and it reminded me of something else. And so it all was applicable in the end, but I did not show up to that presentation with a plan for discussing or telling <laughs> that story, right? But when I did, everybody was on the edge of their seat and leaning in and eyes wide open because it was a crazy story. And it was a story that I didn't share often at that point. Now I, I'll share it all the time. It's about running into a relative who didn't know I existed, but I knew him. And so I introduced myself to him and, you know, just all this craziness that came afterwards, but it was going off script. That was one of the most memorable moments. And in terms of how I have evolved and, and transformed my speaking either since then or since just starting as a speaker back in 2001, I would say I try to get a little bit more comfortable with going off script actually. Okay. And, and giving the audience more, more of me, more of my personality. I mean, you're going to get my personality. Even if I'm reading the dictionary to you, you will get my personality, right? But, uh, you know, trying to be a little bit more personal, mm -hmm. even when I am presenting on kind of vanilla black and white types of things and um, not just giving my personality, which like yeah. I said, it's going to come out regardless. But, more of the audience getting to know about me because I rarely share much of anything about myself. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's that's probably the evolution. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> what would you say uh, is, or how would you say your presentations have evolved from the first one to the most recent one? I think, um, like yourself my, 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 and my mentor used to tell me that relate to your audience and just be personable. When we did like coaching calls, she'll be, she'll listen in on some of my calls or pause for a moment. And um, sometimes she might think I'm like losing it, but like, okay, you got it back. And it was good. And it was smooth sailing from there. She's like, stay in those moments. And I think over the years, I've just learned to be more personable. I've just learned to kind of relate, just let people feel who you are and don't feel so practiced, so rehearsed that you lose your sense of self in the presentation that you're doing. So I've evolved to the point where when I'm doing a presentation, my goal is for people to leave that presentation remembering who spoke to them, remembering me, that five years down the line, it still sticks in your memory because it was a memorable presentation for you. Um, that, that's my goal when I give presentations these days. I love that goal, hands down. I remember conducting a training with a team of sales reps um, back in, well, it doesn't matter when it was. And I remember, and I think you said it so much better than how I'm about to 
slam it and slap it together. But I remember telling them, I want you to say to yourself, I want you to think about after you leave a meeting or after you leave a presentation, those people in your audience are sitting in a lounge or they're sitting somewhere having a drink or a cup of coffee. And I want you to complete this picture or complete this moment. They're talking to each other and they say, hey, remember that presentation we had with so-and-so? This is what I remembered and fill in the blank. And when you th do that, 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 creates that foundation for your presentation and it helps you be memorable when everything focuses on and centers around what I'm going to call a thesis statement mm -hmm. and you have people days weeks months or years later saying hey remember that presentation with Chanello mm -hmm. remember when she said x or, you know, what I remembered the most was this. You want them having those conversations long after you're gone. That is what makes for a memorable presentation. Chanelo, what else do listeners need to know or hear from you in order to make sure they're getting out there and they're owning the stage and owning the microphone? So be yourself and enjoy what you do. Nothing beats enjoying what you do. And life is too short. I know we always hear that, but also as professionals, as anyone in their career, you want to finish up the day, finish up the year, the quarter, however you're doing your evaluation and say, how much of me was really present in what I did today, what I did yesterday and what I did this year. Um, you just want, you don't want it to be another year completed. And it was just you checking off, um, check boxes or not checking off anything. So enjoy the process as you're going through them. Enjoy what you're doing, enjoy how you're evolving. Um, that's one That's one thing I'd like for, or for the audience to take out of this. The second thing is also sort of have a pathway for yourself and like those monthly, quarterly check-ins because they are necessary for you for yourself to grow. And because where you are today is not going to be where you are tomorrow or the next or in two years. So just to kind of make sure, you know, you're on that path. Um, I used to do vision boards every year. Uh, well, again, I think even COVID, we did a virtual uh, visual board and I just sort of like put down stuff that I want to accomplish for the year. And I would do it for my business. I would do it for my personal career and just kind of have those things. And I find like, they really do help. Vision boards do really help in you keeping focused on your goal or what you set out to accomplish for the year. I like that. That's really good advice. And on that vision board, everybody, I want you to bump up wherever you are with speaking, bump it up a notch. If you did three presentations this year, I want you to say you're going to do five next year. Exactly. If you, you know, delivered a, a, a workshop and you've been mm -hmm. wanting to branch out and I don't know, maybe do keynotes, add to that vision board, there's going to be a keynote in the next 12 months. So I think that's fantastic. <laughs> Chanello and Wanwu, thank you so much for being on the show. You have just been a joy.
Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. I am Bridget McGowan. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone. <laughs>